when I feed you, I want to feed you food to live for. And often we hear people say, oh, that was so good. I die for it. Well, I want to change that narrative. I want people to say, that was so good. I live for it. It's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. Food to live for could be the theme of Sacramento's annual harvest celebration of the region's pride in being America's farm to fork capital. Talented chefs and local farmers are joined by the whole region including over 300,000 food appreciative consumers at a weekend street festival with music and food for all taste. One of the most coveted tickets in town gets you dinner with 850 fellow Farm to Fork fans on the historic Tower Bridge, provided by a team of celebrated local chefs, including Nina Curtis of Plantish, Tyler Bond of Lemongrass, Patrick Prager, Q Bennett, and Greg Dismangles of Urban Roots, and Brad Checky of Cannon. And who gets to start this event with the first course of the whole evening but Nina Curtis. Nina, welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you doing, Roger? I am doing great uh, because I get a chance to speak to somebody like you that is such a key part of the Tower Bridge dinner and you really get to kick the whole thing off, Nina. And and usually there's a, a lot of ways to get a conversation started. Like, tell me about yourself and how did you get here? And what do you think about the Tower Bridge dinner? I want to turn that upside down. Because okay. it would, I'd like to start with what ends up on the plate. So you end up having 850 people come yes. to celebrate the Farm to Fork connection in Sacramento on the historic Tower Bridge, and you've been chosen to not only be a key part of this team, but really lead it with the very first course. So let's talk about that first course, and then we'll talk a little bit about where that came from and why you put that together and some of the significance of what you've chosen. So, so Sounds good. Okay, so jump in, Nina. You know, it, it's a bit of pressure. It's a bit of pressure to think you've got to set it off, right? There's a lot of anticipation. The appetizer chefs did a beautiful job. The sommeliers and the beverages were beautiful. But I had to get in a zone so I didn't get caught up in my head with, you're the first course out. It is a lot of pressure. But, you know, in the kitchen, reason why they say if you can't handle the heat, stay out the kitchen it's so true, but I've been at this for a while and I can handle the heat and I thrive on it. So I just love that point of you're putting on a show. It's like an orchestration. So I just got amped up. I had worked out physically. I had worked out in my mind and I was ready to go. So the first course coming out the shoot was my citrus mustard dressed collard green salad with roasted sweet potatoes, marinated black-eyed peas, pickled red onions, dry tart cherries, and a jalapeno cornbread biscotti. 
boy, that makes me hungry again. <laughs> I, I, I've eaten that salad so much and I still want it because it, it's one thing to make it for, say, you and your family or you come to the cafe and you have four people with you. But imagine, imagine selling it up for 850 guests. We went through 36 cases of collard greens. We washed them. We dried them. I salted them. Then I massaged them because Roger, these weren't cooked down like your typical Southern greens, the culinary arena live because I didn't put heat to them. The salt cooked them. The salt broke down the cellular wall. So they got really vibrant, this emerald green and really tender, but all the enzymes were intact. And I don't know the last time you had a collard green salad, Roger, but most of our guests were, the comments were, I've never thought to use collard greens in a salad. And I'm just that plant-based chef that is going to put food on your plate that you may not have thought about. Because at the end of the day, Roger, I was cooking with my dad when I was eight. He's a catering chef. I swore I'd never be a chef due to that because I just wanted to play with the kids. But I was taught, first off, it's got to be delicious. You've got to be innovative. And plant-based chef over 20 years, I serve food. We are local, sustainable. That's what the whole Sacramento Tower Bridge dinner is about, supporting our local farmers, supporting the beautiful produce that we have. We are farm to fork capital, and we brought it on Sunday night. You sure did. And <laughs> I have been a fan of collard greens, but I've got some favorite soul food restaurants that are that I think of it of a more southern origin when I think of yeah. collard greens often, rather than northern California. But it apparently makes the journey pretty well. I, I call the dish that I did, Roger, a prosperity dish because my mom and I for years and, and it's a tradition in many African-American families to have what we call a prosperity meal on January 1st. And that includes your collard greens, your black eyed peas, whatever choice of animal protein or and plant-based protein one would choose to have. Cornbread. The cornbread would represent the gold. The collard greens represent the dollar bills, the black eyed peas, the coins, the protein element. Uh, typically in history, that that uh, hog or the beef that was representation of wealth, because in most cultures, um, if you go back through history, meat was consumed for special occasions. And if you had it on your plate, it represented wealth. So that that's the story there. So when I started thinking about, wow, you've been asked to be a lead chef. In 2021, I was an appetizer chef and a pod chef. So I think how I showed up and how I delivered, uh, I got a promotion in 2022. I want to I want to think of it that way. I really wanted to bring prosperity to the Tower Bridge dinner. I really wanted to, coming out of the shoot, being the first course, 
I really want it to set us up for success. And the way I know to do that is brings prosperity to the table. And so that is a little bit more of the history. Maybe everyone at the dinner didn't realize it. I didn't write about it. I didn't make a big deal about it. And, you know, as you say this, I think that that may be the only thing missing from the dinner is more about the stories of those mm. those connections. And I really appreciate having this in the podcast that you can talk about this tradition of the prosperity dinner. Now, a couple yeah. things strike me as sort of a paradox here, Nina. When you talk about prosperity like this, people think of almost wealth automatically. But it seems like it implies kind of the, the wealth of good fortune, of good food and good flavors and being together with a family in a, in a different way than the context typical for prosperity. Did I get that close? You're right on point, Roger, because for me as a chef, everything is our health, is our wealth. Look, at we've got the farmers, we've got chefs that work long hours. I mean, the week before we were prepping, you know, my feet, I might not have been able to fill them, but I've just got, I got, as my grandmother would say, you come from strong stock. I just know what to do. But everything for me, when I feed you, I want to feed you food to live for. And often we hear people say, oh, that was so good. I die for it. Well, I want to change that narrative. I want people to say, that was so good. I live for it because that is what we should really be thinking about. So you're right on point about prosperity. We had 850 people, kind of communal setup on the bridge, eating, breaking bread, as we say together. You might be sitting next to or across from someone you never met, but by the end of the dinner, and I'm sure you can agree to this, Roger, there were a lot of friends made that left that bridge. Oh, absolutely. And again, this connection you're talking to, it won't have soaked in for many of them because they didn't really hear all of that. But again, I'm so struck by this. It's, it's really soaking in for me as we talk, because the event itself is, is it can be pricey. It raises money, among other things, to be able to support the Farm to Fork Festival, which the, all the public can come to. And over 300,000 people will support, will come out for Farm to Fork. And so there's there's money raised from this, but there's money spent. And people buy tickets that are pretty pretty pricey, but they want to buy tickets to be there. But again, I come back to, to where you're kicking this off and that tradition of this prosperity. And Nina, you could go to farmer's markets and get a lot of the ingredients for this prosperity meal, I would suspect. You could get every ingredient. Maybe if the farmer market doesn't have dried fruit, you'd have to stop over to whatever your local store is. But everything is available. The sweet potatoes, the collard greens, the black eyed peas, the onions. I pickled them. Okay, you pickle them. Everything. It had mint in it. The mints right there. Everything is available, local, sustainable. It's an in-season meal. And I want to add, Roger, because I think it's really important. Yes, the funds, the revenues that came in are then funding the food festival, which I will be at. I'm actually going to be competing in a competition for kids, healthy snack, where kids are going to be the judge. They're my biggest critic, but I'm here for it. 
but the funds also go towards the farm workers' children's supporting them in their schooling. And that for me is worth every penny that was paid for that dinner. Well, now we started this conversation off with the meal itself, which is the first course seems we should start with the first course. Now, let me just kind of wrap up this part of our conversation though, Nina, and let's get back to introducing you because you have Plantation Co. Your journey is, is a really, really interesting journey. And give us just in a nutshell, kind of where you've come from and what has brought you to this point. But then also I, where people can keep track of what you're up to, if there's a website or there's information or programs you think people that might want to tune in that we've gotten their attention with our conversation today. So give me a little bit of your background and how you find yourself in a spot like this right now. And then, and then <laughs> also any way that people can keep track of what you're up to or areas you think that they might want to pay attention to. Thank you, Roger. I've been in the industry over 20 years. I was a latchkey kid, eight years old. My dad, a professional caterer chef from Los Angeles. And I swore I'd never be a chef, so I know never to say never. I was actually bodybuilding competitively, all natural. Think Venice Beach kind of bodybuilding. And I literally woke up one morning and my body didn't want any form of animal flesh or secretions. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm not ready to retire. I'm just beginning. I did a deep dive. I learned about plant-based nutrition and I didn't look back. My recovery time was faster. My health was faster. I competed better and won. And then I've attended two culinary schools focused on plant-based eating food as medicine. And I came up to Sacramento four years ago to start a healthcare organization's 5,000 square foot cafe, all plant-based. Did my MBA out of Pepperdine, beautiful Malibu, but I did get through my studies. And I can be found, I'm on Instagram at Botanical Chef. That's Botanical Chef. My website is chefninacurtis.com. And people are going to see more of me in Sacramento during more dinner series and pop-ups because where I was before, we weren't open to the public. And that was a challenge for me as a chef when I would cook at something like the Tower Bridge dinner and people couldn't come to eat my food. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I appreciate what you're doing and I wish I could appreciate it even more, which would take getting that salad. I'm going to keep track of where this might occur another time because I can't wait for the next time I get to enjoy that and enjoy the conversation with you, Nina. I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the journey and the message behind the food. So thank you. Thank you, Roger. It's been such a pleasure. Brad Checky is executive chef and partner with Cannon Restaurant and Frank Cap Restaurant and is Visit California's culinary advisor for the Tower Bridge Dinner. So, Brad, you've got another bridge dinner under your belt. What is it, seventh or eighth that for you? Seventh. So, what do you think about it? How does this rank when you this get one, through seven? This one's gone pretty smooth so far. What uh, do you like about it? I mean, you've done some things different. What's different from the bridge dinners that you've done before, or the, the mix or the way the, the menu was put together? What's, is there anything different? I think that the, the main goal is that these chefs 
you know, as a culinary advisor, I have no role in writing the menu. Uh, what I do is I advise on logistics, I advise on sourcing and purchasing. And what I like about that is that these chefs have full, full reign and creativity. So some years we do a plated course and some years we do, you know, uh, like barbecue. Some years we do a really elevated, you know, braised dish. So the chefs can have their, their, their dream, right. And serve 858 people on a bridge and we figure out how to make it happen. You know, it's mostly happened now. As you and I are speaking, we've just finished it. It was fantastic. You know, the appetizers were great. I got to try some. I got to try almost all of the entrees as, as well. It, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. And I'm sure you're going to be hearing about this for some, for some time. So I'm, tell me the name of the chefs again, that, that each had a section, that you were supervising this whole program coming together. Who are the chefs? So our lead chefs this year, we have Chef Nina Curtis. Uh, we have Chef Greg Desmangles, uh, Chef Q Bennett, uh, Patrick Prager, and Tyler Vaughn. And how did you pick the chefs that would be involved? So I don't select the chefs. Um, I make recommendations, I think, of people who are executive chef level people that I think have something to say um, and something to, to really present to our community in that specific year. Um, and then we also select our pod chefs. So our pod chefs, um, you know, they. We select executive chef level people to run our six six like mini kitchens on the on the bridge, um, and they're kind of the chefs in waiting for for our Tower Bridge lead chefs. So we are on a bridge over a river and with eight hundred and fifty people enjoying the meal. How many people helped serve the meal? You had working in the kitchen. You had the chefs. You had all all of these servers and and with this whole setup. How many people are involved in this venture? So over the course of this week, we have about 150 people, um, paid employees of Visit Sacramento that help to execute this dinner. Oh, that's fantastic. So how's it going? Because when this started out, part of it was to kind of put a flag in the ground, if you will, as saying Sacramento is a place to be taken seriously in the food world. And right. that farm to fork is alive and well. And I think that was some of the vision from... I, I know our, our friend Patrick Mulvaney was very involved in getting it, it started initially. Absolutely. You've been involved, involved most of these years, too. How much progress do you feel we're making in that, that people are paying attention to Sacramento as, as a destination that is to be taken seriously when it comes to the food world? I think, you know, we, we again, we, we planted our, our flag on the ground about 10 years ago. This is the ninth dinner. Next year will be the 10th. Um, so about 10 years ago, we planted our flag on the ground and said, we are farm to fork, right? We we grow, you know, the bounty of American produce within our 100-mile region here. And, um, you know, I think it's going well, right? I think that we have the Michelin Guide in town. We have chefs returning to Sacramento. We have chefs coming from out of market to Sacramento. You know, we've, our community here has grown, and, and that's what it is. I think Sacramento has a really kind of working-class attitude towards developing community, right? We have chefs that, you know, this being my seventh bridge and fourth as um, culinary advisor, you know, I've gotten to work, I've had an opportunity to work with most of the chefs, you know, in Sacramento and we're, we're a community, you know, we, we, we don't squabble. We don't, we compete absolutely. Cause this is the United States of America. We have capitalism in play, but like we are absolutely a community that cares about Sacramento becoming a, a, a dining destination.
Well, you've been in some other areas yourself. You've been in is it Cleveland you've been to and also Napa, and you've been well highly regarded with your work in each of those areas. And some people might have said, gee, Brad, why are you going back to Sacramento? Uh, but you have. You've come back here. And and uh, I'm just wondering about that whole journey that you've been on. You yeah, I mean, Sacramento, home. Sacramento's home, right? And, and uh, you know, I at, at the time that I left in 2013, uh, it, it wasn't the community that it is now. Uh, there wasn't a lot of restaurants and the, the dining community, the, our patrons at these restaurants weren't ready to eat as progressively as they're ready to eat now. And so now in Sacramento, there's a lot of opportunity. 2017, we opened Canon and we're out there, you know, like we, we, our, our, our food menu is out there. And what we were, what the response that we got from our local dining community was incredible. And so Sacramento has become a place to source the best ingredients and create the tastiest food. Let's let's talk about a minute about the ingredient side of it. What kind of a response have you found at the farm level to be able to keep up with you as the chefs keep moving ahead and the palate of the consumers in Sacramento keep getting more involved? People are coming here as more of a food destination. Are the farmers keeping up? Farmers are keeping up. I think what makes us a little bit more special than most places, you'll see that farm to fork isn't as prevalent everywhere but sourcing great ingredients has become very very important for every chef in the world recently we grow the best ingredients we have we're very spoiled in the fact that we can source the best ingredients from down the road what i think makes sacramento even more special is people like santana diaz at the uc davis med center um you know tom lucero and kelsey netterveld at sac city unified school district so well, they're institutions that are sourcing responsibly. And so having institutions sourcing responsibly in a place allows for the access of the chefs to, to the farmers don't have to send that stuff out of market, right? We're, they're able to keep it in market. We're able to source those ingredients locally and not lose them to the, you know, the states that don't have the growing season that we have. Well, what about the consumers? Do they appreciate that? Do you feel like they, they, they are curious about what this story and your connection to the farms are? I think that they appreciate it. I think that, that um, you know, with the growing cost of everything, um, you know, sourcing responsibly has become more expensive. Um, but that guests seek that out in a special occasion type experience. Well, there's a special experience that we've had in this bridge dinner in Sacramento where we had Farm to Fork, and you've got a Farm to Fork festival coming up in Sacramento. And, and for people that don't know much about that, I don't know if you could fill in the gaps. It's a little a different crowd, a bigger crowd. It's a bigger crowd. So we're expecting, you know, around 300,000 people over the course of two days on Capitol Mall, um, you know, a free festival. That, that's what this dinner helps pay for. Yeah. You know, we have 858 paying customers on this bridge tonight that are helping to pay for the free festival that happens two weeks from now. Um, and, you know, it's an incredible, you know, there's musical acts. We have, we have chef competitions. We have, you know, all kinds of um, different exhibits. So it's, it's quite, a, quite an ordeal. Yeah, and food trucks and just all good things. music, good food, a big crowd, 300,000 people celebrating Farm to Fork. So, Brad, thanks for what you do and your leadership here on the Farm to Fork and having a couple of great restaurants right here in Sacramento yourself. Uh, we're lucky to have you. So thanks, good luck it. with what's left of Farm to Fork and the Farm to Fork Festival coming up. Thank you very much. 
Chef Tyler Bond is with Lemongrass Restaurant and is the founder of two farm-to-fork underground dining circuits, We the Freaks and Dirty Feet Dining, that thrive on communal passion of our area's food culture. Well, Tyler, we're on the bridge and you're getting ready to feed 900 people. They're in the middle of feeding 900 people and you were one of the chosen chefs tonight. I think before we even start about all your restaurants and your fun, tell me what your part of the menu is tonight. Yeah, lucky me. Yeah, thank you for for having me. First of all, yes, I'm 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 fifth course. Uh, we have five beautiful chefs that are leading uh, the parade this year, including Brad Shecky, of course, who's culinary advisor. He's a stallion, uh, but I'm the final course before the uh, the desserts and libations. Um, we're gonna do a Vietnamese take on beef stew. We call it bok and it's just like any other beef stew you can find all over the planet: beef, onions, carrot, potatoes. What makes it special is also star anise, cinnamon, turmeric, paprika, fish sauce, ginger, garlic, a little bit. Well, I guess you would say Southeast Asian. Wow. So very different than how I grew up uh, in Northern California uh, and Alaska. So, so very different. But equally, equally, I think important as far as for me as a young man being raised in beef stew, I think you can all appreciate a good beef stew. Like man, woman, everything in between. Uh, and then I, it's accompanied by some cold bread, just some rice. Basically, we have this really cool baguette maker in South Sac to do banh mi's all, the, all over the place. And we have some rice flour baguettes. And then we, we have some pickles on the sides. We have some turnip, radish, and carrot pickles on the side. So beautiful pile of beef stew, potatoes, carrots, onions, uh, beef, gravy, bread, pickles on the side. What an interesting menu. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. Now, what does... What does it follow? I mean, just generally, you don't have to be as much detailed with the course before you. Yeah, Q Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Q Bennett um, out of Roseville. He's doing uh, spare ribs and then uh, basically softened cabbage, pears, apples, vinaigrette, fennel fronds. Um, so after ribs comes beef stew. Before ribs, we have trout. Before that, we have mushrooms. Before that, we have black eyed peas, collard greens, and biscuits. So it's a pretty, in my opinion, it's developed perfectly. And it's celebrated perfectly. So I think this is fantastic. Then, then what's following you? What will be the last? Dessert. Okay. Yeah. I'm five. I'm five out of five. Oh, okay. Or fifth out of five. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Man, I think it's wonderful. Now, you have some experience with this type of cuisine. So now let's talk about where you are a chef and what, you know, what are you usually working? Yeah. At? Lemongrass restaurant. I just joined the team, uh, partnered up with my farm. It's been around for a long time. The restaurant's been there for 32 years. Uh, she's also has contacts with, with a couple different brands, uh, Vietnamese brands. Um, and I was kind of recruited um, by my farm and Bill Noe of Crew uh, to kind of help just kind of bring what Maya has been doing for a long time kind of into, into the modern life, basically, right? And so we're doing bridge dinners, doing catering, we're doing all kinds of stuff to let people know that that lemongrass food not only is it special, not only can it be re- replicated here in in Sacramento, California, um, being that it's Vietnamese street food inspired, right? We can still replicate it here in California, Sacramento, especially, um, but also we could take it into the future and we'll get um, not only approachable, but also very very special and still um, traditional. Sounds fantastic. Now, is this your first experience working on the bridge? This is my seventh year. I think you've done it nine years. And um, this is my seventh year. First time being a lead chef. I've been pod chef and, of course, uh, commissary chef. 
and then helped other chefs with prep and, and execution. Uh, so I'm super flattered to be part of the Lee Chefs. So you're part of feeding 900 people here on the bridge. Yeah, piece of cake. Yeah, piece of cake. And, and then actually, and also trying to maintain this image that's been building. Uh, how are we doing on that front? On people recognizing cuisine, uh, recognizing the, the food scene in Sacramento, which is a few years ago wasn't top of mind to many people. Yeah, I would say probably 10 years ago, it wasn't top of mind. Eight years ago, it was on people's mind. Five years ago, it was, you know, balls to the wall. And right now, we are riding that wave. And um, I think we're at the perfect, perfect, perfect place to, to not only celebrate what we have here in this area, but also let people know exactly what's happening here um, and influence, I think, the entire nation, if not the world, you know, to keep it local, to keep it sacred, and to keep it communal. Well, you're keeping it local, but you're also integrating that special California touch. I think when you can talk about something like getting uh, into something as traditional, maybe as beef stew, but take it a whole different slant and take it to the Vietnamese elements that you're doing. And man, uh, diversity on a plate. Diversity on a plate. That's a good way to put it. I appreciate that. We're going to wrap up our conversations on the bridge with Chef Q Bennett of Q1227 in Roseville. Q, this is a big night, and we're here on the bridge. Tell me what you're bringing to the party. Oh, wow. So I'm bringing course number four, Leseco Ranch uh, Heritage uh, Force Fred Ribs. I'm bringing spare ribs to the, ta- to the bridge today. We got a, a barbecue bourbon sauce. We have a fennel and um, apple salad that's going to go with it, and a mustard vinaigrette. So we're just bringing it like down-home country food, bro. We're we bringing it. Oh, man, I tell you what, it sounds, it sounds so great. I can't wait to try it, and we're looking forward to trying it, too. When you talk about down-home, but on the bridge, back yes. here in the local community and everything, and you're also tying it to, uh, you know, locally produced, sort of locally, a few miles yes. away, of yes. pork, too. Yes. So you're tying the whole thing together. We're we, we tying the whole thing up. Um, the farm is uh, about 100 miles away, 150 miles away. Um, but everything else is, is just right around the corner here. And what we wanted to do is just showcase how close and how great ingredients are just right here in our backyards. So speaking of our backyard, Q, I rumor has it that you're going to go up and go see those pigs before long, too. I am. I am. I actually talked to the young lady from the farm and she gave me an open invitation to come up and see them. I can't wait. Because I love to visit the land where I'm getting the, pro- the product from. So yeah, it's well, very well, exciting. Well, that's perfect. And I think one more thing. We talk about what we're accomplishing here with, the, with this Bridge Dinner. And also paying attention to diversity. Diversity in yes. the community. Diversity yes. in, in really what we're putting, to, putting on the plates tonight, yes. too. I wonder your perspective on that. Well, first of all, hats off to uh, Mike Tessa and the entire Visit Sacramento team mm-hmm. for bringing this diversity. Because Sacramento, man, there's so many diversity in its culinary arts. And this is, uh, they're showcasing it today on the bridge um, by showing that because um, I think that uh, Sacramento is an epicenter for food. Um, we, are, we, we are there now. We're not getting there. We are no, not on our way. We're there. And by them showcasing all the diversity on the bridge this, this year shows that we're there. Um, so hats off to everybody, the farmers, the ranchers, the hundreds of volunteers that came out on the bridge to help us put this all together. So hats off to everybody. Amazing, amazing effort and team. I think you're a little proud of this. Very proud of it. Very proud. Well, I'm, I'm proud, proud of you a part. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of all of this and this whole story of drawing attention. Uh, farm to fork right here in what we've been saying for a few years now. Uh, farm to fork capital. And farm to fork some, I know some people might argue with it, but Q, we're going to 
make them sit down and eat some ribs and see if they still have anything <laughs> to say. I agree. I agree. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you very much. No. You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. 